0: You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday, everybody, and happy draft week. Hope you're having an awesome start to your week, and thanks again for tuning in to Locked Rockets, the home for podcast discussion of Houston Rockets basketball. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent for Sports Talk 790, the team's official radio flagship. With it being draft week around the NBA, that means the rumor mill is getting cranked up, and within the past 48 hours or so, we have had a number of stories, some directly impacting the Rockets, others potentially in terms of the trickle-down effects. Around the association, this is one of the busier weeks of the year in terms of transactions, and for the Rockets, there are a number of potential implications. So in today's show, as we chat midday Sunday, I'm going to break down in the preliminary stages what these recent stories may mean for the Rockets. Those stories, of course, being the rumor that Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio, a report Saturday from Kelly Eco that Trevor Ariza is looking for 50 to $60 million in his new deal this summer, and several alleged sightings around Houston over the past 48-plus hours of LeBron James at various locations, including a number of schools in which he may or may not be shopping around for his kids should he ultimately choose to go to Houston for this coming season. In our first segment, I'm going to start with the Kawhi Leonard talk, which actually has less of a direct impact to the Rockets than the others, but I'm leading with it because A, when healthy, this is one of the most talented players in the entire NBA, one of the best two-way types there is in terms of offensive and defensive impact, and secondly, it's probably the most confirmed of the three rumors in terms of concrete, what we know, every top reporter around the league has been on this, and even though I don't see a path for Kawhi to be traded to the Rockets, even if the Rockets had a package, which they don't, I have a hard time imagining San Antonio voluntarily sending him to Houston, at the same time, there are some ripple effects for if Kawhi Leonard is moved how it could very well be either a positive or a negative, but more likely a positive, in my opinion, for the Rockets entering the 2018-2019 season and beyond. Now, first, I do want to point out that it's possible he could stay. We saw last summer there were, was an alleged rift between LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs, and they were able to not only sort it out, but then get Aldridge to sign an extension. So the Spurs, there is history within that organization of them being able to sit down at the table with a somewhat disgruntled star and bring them back on the straight and narrow. However, my opinion is that the Kawhi Leonard situation, the rift runs a little deeper than it did between the Spurs and Aldridge. And also because of Leonard's talents, because of his free agency next summer, there are a lot more vultures that are kind of fanning the flames, so to speak, of whatever the disconnect is. And apparently it goes back to how Leonard handled his uh, quadriceps injuries, his chronic situation that caused him to miss all but nine games this past season. Whereas LaMarcus Aldridge, a guy in his 30s, may not have that many suitors. With Kawhi Leonard, a true difference maker on both ends, there are so many vultures fanning the flames that I think that relationship, as great as the Spurs are, are led by Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford organizationally as as far as being the model franchise. I have a hard time seeing it as simple for them to bring Kawhi back into the fold as it was for them to do with LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, we did hear, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, that Ideally, Kawhi wants to go to L.A., preferably the Lakers, and that would certainly be bad for the Rockets, because not only could potentially make the Lakers a contender with a couple of other additions, if hypothetically the Lakers could get Kawhi and then bring in LeBron James and Paul George, that would be another team that, at least on paper, if everyone is healthy, would have a shot to get to that Rockets and Warriors level at the top of the Western Conference. That would not be good. However, I find it very unlikely for that scenario to come to Fruition. I think it's much more likely that San Antonio sends him out of the conference the same way that the Knicks did with Carmelo Anthony and the same way that Indiana did with Paul George this past summer. My guess is that he goes east, maybe Boston, maybe Philadelphia, for a combination of San Antonio wanting to get him out of the West. I don't think Greg Popovich wants to deal with the Lakers, who over the course of his 20 plus year career have been his biggest rival. I don't think he wants to hand them Kawhi Leonard. And if Kawhi goes east, It's great because, first off, it weakens a team in the Western Conference that, for the past 20 years, has been a juggernaut. Even within the past four years, the only team outside of the Warriors that has eliminated the Rockets from the playoffs has been the Spurs. And even though he didn't play in Game 6, Kawhi was phenomenal in that series. When he is right, and that's a big if, but he's a guy who's still very young in his 20s, if he gets back to health, he is a legitimate MVP talent. And if he goes East, and that's, in my opinion, the likely scenario combination of the Spurs not wanting to send him to another team in the West, and the fact that the East teams, Philadelphia, Boston, have more rivals, uh, or more assets, I should say, there's a way for them to construct a deal that does not include a contract like Luol Dang, which would have to be included for the Lakers to make the math work, and that Dang contract is every bit as bad as Ryan Anderson, if not worse. So if Kawhi goes east, which is my bet based on a combination of assets and the Spurs' desires to get him out of the conference, it's great for the Rockets because it weakens a team in the conference, it weakens a team in your division, a longtime rival that is less than 200 miles away in terms of location from the Toyota Center, it's a big deal. Because for all the talk about the Spurs' system, it's tough to get true franchise-level difference makers to San Antonio, Texas. You almost have to draft them. It started in 97 when they drafted Tim Duncan, of all the luck in the world, not only to have the one off year for them to get the right ping pong balls to get the number one pick overall, but for it to be the Tim Duncan draft, one of the top 10 players ever to play the game, and for a guy that played nearly 20 years, being willing to play all of it in San Antonio, just an incredible draw for the Spurs. And then earlier this decade, when you finally started to see some slippage from Duncan in his final years, ultimately uh, before his retirement a couple of years ago, then that's when Kawhi Leonard burst onto the scene, and somehow, with a mid-first-round pick that the Spurs traded for, they were able to get a franchise-level difference-maker in Leonard. It takes a lot of luck to get a difference-maker of that magnitude to San Antonio. I know they did get LaMarcus Aldridge in free agency a couple of years ago, but A, LaMarcus is not quite to that level in terms of being a top-ten difference-maker in the NBA, And secondly, the Spurs were coming off a title, I believe, just a year before. And Aldridge was older, and he had some ties to Central Texas played at uh, the University of Texas when he was in college. So he's a bit of an exception to the general rule. Generally speaking, it takes the draft, it takes a little bit of fortunate circumstances, especially in today's NBA, where destination is more important than ever, to get a star to San Antonio. And for all the things they have going with their system... The reason it works so well is that for 20-plus years, you've had at least one Hall of Fame talent, which, make no mistake about it, Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer yet, but talent-wise, he's certainly there. Really, since 1997, you had Tim Duncan, and now you've had Kawhi Leonard. And for all the, the role players they've developed, the system sort of collapses if you don't have that level of difference maker. And it's tough to get that level of difference maker to San Antonio, Texas. We said a few weeks ago when previewing the West in 2018-2019 that there's the 16-game gap between the Rockets and every other team in the West, 16 or more games, outside of Golden State in terms of why the Rockets are so comfortable running it back and their belief they would get back to that same Western Conference Finals against the Warriors and hopefully have a better shot with uh, superior luck this time around, better timing with injuries, those types of things. Well, if you're looking at the rest of the Western Conference, one of the only teams you could mount a case for in terms of internal growth, jumping up a level to potentially challenge the Rockets or the Warriors, would be the Spurs. If they were to get Leonard back, again, he just played nine games last year, and get back in MVP form, that's one of the few variables that could actually take one of those upper class mediocrity teams in the West and elevate them to a level of being somewhat of a threat to the Rockets or the Warriors. Well, if Kawhi goes, and my guess is that he probably will, because I think the relationship is probably unsalvageable at this point, it does not seem to me like what happened with the Spurs and Aldridge 12 months ago, and if that's the case, it further cements just how much of a gap there is between the Rockets and every other team in the West besides the Warriors, and of course that gives the Rockets a much larger margin of error to work with as they construct the roster for this coming season. The only way the Kawhi news is potentially bad for the Rockets would be if he got his way and he went to the Lakers. But I don't see that as likely for a few scenari- uh, for a few reasons. I think, first, the Lakers don't have the best assets. I don't think their first-round picks are all that attractive, being that if Kawhi went there, they would be a good team for the foreseeable future. I don't think Lonzo Ball with his helicopter dad and, again, a point guard who shoots 36% from the field is all that attractive to the Spurs, especially with uh, the LeVar factor and Greg Popovich. That's not a good blend. And the Luol Deng contract, which I mentioned earlier, is probably worse than the Ryan Anderson deal. Both are about two years, $40 billion, but at least Ryan Anderson is playable and has a skill in terms of range shooting for a big man that is still useful in today's NBA. Luol Dang at this point could not even play for a 35-win Laker team. Now, yes, in theory, if Kawhi and his representation wanted to play hardball and say, There is nowhere I will sign other than the Lakers. You could mount a case for maybe that's the best offer the Spurs could get. But personally, I don't buy it. This whole idea of stars get their way, that's generally true in free agency because when stars are free agents, the team could literally lose them in a week or two for nothing. And so that's why you could see guys that are free agents this summer potentially get their way. But for guys who are traded that are at least a year from free agency, there's always at least one team that is willing to call their bluff. Think back last summer. Carmelo wanted the Rockets. Paul George wanted the Lakers, according to rumors. A few years before that, Dwight Howard wanted the Brooklyn Nets. None of them got their desires. Why? Because the team they wanted to go to did not have the right asset package to get them, and there was always at least one team around the NBA, actually in the case of Dwight and the Brooklyn Nets, it was the Rockets and Daryl Morey back in 2012 that was willing to call the bluff. And in this case, even if Kawhi, and this is the most optimistic Lakers scenario you can come up with, says, I will only re-sign with the Lakers. That's the only place I want to go. Okay, well, in this scenario that everyone wants to throw out this summer, if the Lakers somehow sign LeBron James and Paul George, well, how is Kawhi going to sign there next summer? Because they're not going to have max cap room. So the threat sort of rings hollow to begin with. And it should be mentioned, I have not seen anything to this point that suggests that Kawhi is willing to be that aggressive. He may prefer the Lakers, but it's not like he's saying Lakers are bust, according to the rumors so far, which have been reported by pretty much everyone on the planet. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Chris Haynes of ESPN, Jabari Young out of San Antonio. The Kawhi Leonard story is very well documented by good reporters, which is why I believe it's accurate and why I thought it was worth leading today's show with. But ultimately, I don't see a fit for Kawhi Leonard with the Lakers. I don't see the trade pieces adding up. And all it takes is one other team to offer a superior package. And between that and the Spurs' likely desire to send him out of the West, I think it's pretty likely that Kawhi Leonard does not end up in L.A. And if he doesn't, I actually think it helps the Rockets. Of course it helps the Rockets getting Kawhi off of San Antonio and out of the Western Conference because it weakens a team that's been your historical rival and it leaves them without a star for their foreseeable future. So yeah, that in and of itself helps a lot. But even beyond San Antonio impacts, if the Lakers can't get Kawhi Leonard, even with him allegedly wanting to go there, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, it reduces the mystique factor, in my opinion, because everyone wants to throw out the scenarios of LeBron James and Paul George, we know the Lakers can get to two max slots this summer in free agency. What if LeBron James and Paul George both go to L.A.? Well, I think it's pretty well understood that even if LeBron and Paul George both go there, that's still probably not enough to get to the Warriors and Rockets level in the Western Conference. You'd need one more star to get there. And even if Kawhi, a guy who wants to go to L.A., if the Lakers still don't have enough assets relative to the rest of the league to get that deal done, how much... Can LeBron really believe that the Lakers and Magic Johnson could get that third star to get them to that level of the Rockets or the Warriors? Because for LeBron, the deadline's coming up pretty quickly. June 29th, Opted if he wants to go to Houston, then that's when he needs to make a decision. And so I think LeBron's camp is probably communicating that to other teams as well when it comes to seeing all the basketball fits. If the Laker mystique, Magic Johnson, all those factors, if that is not enough to get this Kawhi Leonard deal done, And by the way, the timing of it, the Spurs, notoriously a very patient, deliberate organization. The fact that that June 29th deadline is now under two weeks away, I find it hard to believe that the Spurs would move that quickly, so I think that's even more reason to be optimistic if you're a Rockets fan. If the Lakers can't close a deal by then, then I think, in my opinion, it's tough for LeBron James to believe blindly that the Lakers, without... Max Caproom going forward, should they sign LeBron James and Paul George, they'd be able to, to acquire the level of difference maker that it would take to take a Laker team that's a few spare parts, young guys from a 35-win team plus, plus LeBron James and Paul George, to that top-tier level. So to me, all the storylines that are out there right now about the Lakers and Kawhi Leonard and his desire to go there, if the Lakers can't make that deal happen, and I don't believe they can, I actually think it's a negative from the standpoint of recruiting LeBron James, because it's going to make LeBron and other people around the league skeptical in terms of whether the Lakers can actually make an acquisition of that magnitude. Show me. Don't just tell me that, well, this can happen down the line, because I don't see a 34-year-old LeBron James entering year 16 being willing to bet his future in terms of championships on speculation, what might be able to happen. Show me. This is the perfect opportunity for the Lakers to get that done in advance of LeBron's potential free agency. And if they can't, then in my opinion, it's going to lead to a healthy dose of skepticism for LeBron and other people around the league about just how much upward mobility the Lakers have after adding LeBron James and Paul George in this hypothetical. And if the Lakers don't have that upward mobility after adding LeBron and PG, then in my opinion, it's pretty clear that the Rockets are the better basketball fit. And ultimately, that's probably a checkmark in the Rockets column. Not the entire thing, but at least a positive for them to build on in terms of the recruitment of LeBron James.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Now, we'll talk more about LeBron specifically in the third segment of the show in a few minutes. But in our second segment, I'm going to deal with something more concrete. And that's the Trevor Ariza story yesterday, broken by Kelly Eco of the USA Today Sports Group based here in Houston. I've cited a lot of Kelly's reports in the past because he's a very good reporter, plugged in well within the Rockets, both management and player communities. And according to Kelly, Trevor Ariza is looking for 50 to 60 million dollars over four years to resign. Trevor's a free agent this summer. The Rockets have his bird rights, so theoretically, they could pay that. It's just Trevor at 33 years old. That's what he turns later this month, I believe, on June 30th. That seems like a lot of money, especially in a cap environment in the NBA where things appear to be contracting a little bit. But he feels Trevor that he's been underpaid in recent years, which you could probably argue that signing a four-year, 32 million dollar deal in 2014. This is his last opportunity for a big contract, and apparently he wants to uh, strike it rich, which it's hard to blame any NBA player for being financially motivated. That said, in terms of actual impact on the Rockets, I don't really see a big one here. I do think it could be more tense than expected, but ultimately I don't see this as a huge story because it's great that Trevor wants that much money, but it's one thing to want that money, it's another thing to have a team actually willing to pay you that, and that's where I don't really see the leverage component. He can ask for that from the Rockets, sure. But unless he has another team lined up to give him that contract, I don't see it happening. And the few teams that do have cap room around the NBA, the likes of Chicago, Atlanta, the Kings, the Nets, those types of teams, a 33-year-old Trevor Ariza does not really have a lot of fit there. If those teams are going to spend money, they're probably going to do so on younger players with more upside. It's tough to see those types of teams investing in a 33-year-old Trevor Ariza. That said, I'm not oblivious to the fact that egos can get into play. We saw this play out with Josh Smith a couple of summers ago, and even if all the sense in the world is there for Trevor to come back, all of a sudden, if there are feelings involved, it's possible that... He could take a deal, even if it's not the best financial, to go somewhere else. However, given the close ties that Ariza has in that Rockets locker room, I personally would be surprised by this dynamic. What I do think you have to keep in mind, there is a limit to how far, and this is my guess, that Tillman Fertitta is willing to go. In my opinion, the reason that Ariza is leaking these figures, just as we've said in the past, that even if Chris Paul and Clint Capella require the max to stay, even if they get those offers some from other teams, then the Rockets should still, in my opinion, keep those guys because they're so important. And with the Rockets being an over-the-cap team regardless, it's not like it affects your flexibility moving forward. All it affects is Tillman Fertitta's bank account and the amount of luxury taxes he pays. So because of those bird rights, they can exceed the cap. And I'm sure Trevor Ariza's agent is seeing that same dynamic and saying, well, hey, if the Rockets are over the cap regardless, if they're going to overpay Chris Paul and Clint Capella, why not overpay my client as well? And that happens when you get teams in this situation. We saw it last summer with the Golden State Warriors and Andre Iguodala, a player fairly similar to Ariza in terms of his defense and glue impact for a contending team. And ironically, it was the Rockets that were sort of the leverage that uh, Iguodala used this time a year ago to get a better deal from the Warriors, end up being about $15 million per year for three seasons. I should point out that, on paper, the Rockets give Trevor $50 or $60 million, even if it's an overpay, and it doesn't matter, because as I've, as I've explained, for the next three to five years, I expect the Rockets to be over the cap anyway. The only implications it would have is on Tillman Fertitta's bank account. That said, we do need to be realistic. Tillman Fertitta is not made of money. There's probably going to come a point in which... He says enough is enough, and it does limit your mobility in future off-seasons in terms of willingness and ability to spend uh, the mid-level exceptions, those types of things. Also, if you overpay Ariza too much, then he may become untradeable, and you know for Gerald Morey, having untradeable contracts, just look at Ryan Anderson, is unfortunate when it comes to team building if you need further moves in the years ahead. and In a league with the Warriors, that's always something you have to keep in the back of your mind. So I don't think the Rockets even though they theoretically could, will give Ariza a blank check just because they can. It's not quite the same as Chris Paul and Clint Capella, who you would be willing to do that with just because of their sheer on-court importance at this particular juncture. Ariza's skill set in terms of his defense, while very useful, it's not completely irreplaceable. So I don't think the Rockets would... uh, be as desperate to retain him. That said, I do believe they see him as important, and I do think that ultimately there's going to be a middle ground because I don't see any team willing to offer the 50 or $60 million that Trevor allegedly wants. As explained, the few teams with cap room, there are not many that this summer do not really make sense for a 33-year-old Trevor Ariza, and other than that, you're going to be looking at teams with the taxpayer, non-taxpayer, mid-level exception, anywhere between 5 and $9 million a year, which is not going to get you anywhere close over three or four years to 50 to $60 million. So it might be a little contentious. I can't blame Trevor and his agent for doing it because everyone's financially motivated. And with the Rockets having his bird rights, in theory, he could get as much as he possibly could. But I do expect the Rockets to push back harder than they would on Chris Paul and Clint Capella. I do think there's ultimately a middle ground to be reached. That's why I'm not really that worried about the figures you see out there. Because, yeah, it's crazy. You may want 50 or 60 million dollars. Okay, well, it it takes two to tango. And unless there's another team willing to offer him that, and in this limited cap environment of the NBA, I have a hard time uh, fathoming that, then ultimately, I think there's a compromise scenario that can be worked out. It might take a little longer than you would like. It might have some bruised egos along the way. But ultimately, I think the relationships are strong enough with Trevor and The locker room right now that i doubt it gets to a scenario like say the josh smith thing did a couple of years ago in my opinion it might take 10 to 14 days in free agency but my guess is that there's a deal a compromise solution that ultimately gets worked out the same way it did between the warriors and andre iguodala this time a year ago
1: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama
0: And I've somewhat varied the lead here because I'm not sure how much of this is actual news, but this might be the most fun to some of you, at least judging by Twitter and Clutch fans, the the last few days, and that's alleged LeBron James sightings around Houston. We've had so many of those, no pictures, although I think there's a plausible reason for that. We'll explain in the next few minutes. But starting at Kincaid, which is one of the elite private schools around Houston, and a number of other schools this weekend... We have had, especially if you look at Twitter, and I've had people contact me off the record informing me of these things that ultimately I cannot 100% confirm on my end, but I have heard enough from people that I trust to believe that LeBron James has been in Houston for a few days. And, of course, it's easy to extrapolate based on that and his looming free agency that LeBron wants to go to Houston. And it's possible. That would be great. However, as I said, when there were sightings or rumors about schools and real estate in Los Angeles and Philadelphia, it's easy to make a mountain out of a molehill. And many times you have a player who's simply doing due diligence. Imagine if you're a guy with lucrative job offers in multiple cities. There's a good shot that you may go to both of those cities and scout around some basic things. So I think what it shows you is that Houston is in the mix. I do believe he's been here a few days based on things that I've been told, but ultimately does that mean that he's picked Houston No. And even if he has picked Houston, I think that's just kind of part one of three that needs to happen. Part one is LeBron thinking that Houston is where he wants to be. Part two is convincing his family. Now he may not have to. We have seen him play in a different city than where his family lives, his wife and kids, in the past. But in an ideal world, that wouldn't happen this time. And then part three, if LeBron chooses Houston, is Cleveland being willing to play ball and a potential opt-in and trade deal being worked out between Cleveland's management, Daryl Morey and the Rockets, and probably a third or even fourth team somewhere else that is uh, agreeable for all parties. That said, these sightings, while it doesn't prove anything by itself, I think it certainly does show that Houston is in the mix. Now, it should be noted that one of LeBron's kids has a tournament here, as I understand it, today, Sunday, and tomorrow, Monday, that he's playing in. So I think LeBron was going to be here anyway. But LeBron clearly got here a few days before that, and I doubt that's just a sheer matter of coincidence because he just wanted to hang out here. My guess is that just like Los Angeles, just like Philadelphia, just like potentially staying in Cleveland... He sees the Rockets as viable, and he's probably doing his due diligence, and then within the next few days, he'll probably huddle with his family. We know from Sam Amick of USA Today that they have a vacation planned, I believe, either next weekend or very early next week, and I'm sure he and his family will sit down and talk about the pros and cons of each location and probably make a joint decision. That said, I want to explain why I do believe that he's here, even without the pictures, and of course, part of it, I think that... We all know his kids' basketball tournament, but beyond that, I believe he's there for a few days, and I've taken these rumors a little more seriously than some in the the media have, and there have been, at least from a couple of the schools on Friday, public denials, but when you're talking about private institutions, confidentiality is the entire business model. They're not going to say that a player that wants to keep things off the grid is there, or especially not his family, his kids. Again, the entire business model is confidentiality, so if the media calls up and says, hey, is LeBron James at your school, or was he? I'm not sure what you're expecting them to say, other than no. That's literally the entire business model. And as far as photos, of being the summer and not many kids on campus, even if a photo is leaked anonymously, then with the limited number of people that are there, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the source of the photo. And again, based on the business model of confidentiality, then that person is pretty likely to be disciplined for going against the school's innate desires. So that's why, even though he's here, I know there's a lot of skepticism. How can LeBron be here and there not be any pictures, well, again, the places he's been are private, and if a photo were to be released, even if anonymously and the source was protected, ultimately I think it would be pretty easy to find the source of where that photo was taken, who took it, and no one is willing to take that risk, and quite frankly, I can't blame them. Uh, I don't see anyone kind of risking their career for the sake of making a few Rockets fans happy on the internet over a situation that, even if it's true, as stated earlier, is far from a done deal. My guess is that he's doing due diligence in other cities as well. That said, the reason I took this seriously, and I'm going to be as upfront with you guys as I can, I was told last weekend, off the record, that Chris Paul had bought a new house in the Memorial area of Houston, and that his kids had been enrolled in Kinkade for the fall. I did not... Report that because, A, I could not confirm it myself. Certainly, I did not have confirmation from Chris or his family. I did not have confirmation from the school itself. And the person who shared it with me asked me to keep it confidential. Now, I'm going with it now because I've seen it other places on the internet, so I'm far from the only person to report this about uh, Chris, his family, his kids, that sort of thing. And the other reason I didn't report it, I'm not sure how much of it is news anyway, because I think most of us have long expected Chris Paul to return. Again, he had a great time this past year. The team won 65 games, was essentially one game from the title until Chris himself pulled his hamstring in Game 5, up three games to two over the Warriors. So I think the expectation for most around the league has been for Chris to return. The Rockets at their end-of-season press conference made it seem like a formality. And again, as far as stuff like real estate, schools... For guys with all the money in the world, if something should change, then it's not like Chris wouldn't be able to turn around a month later and sell the house or enroll his kids in a different school. For someone of that nature, I'm not really sure how much of those, how much significance there is to those types of things. I mean, it reflects his state of mind at a given time, but ultimately that can change. And until the ink is dry in the contract, for someone with that level of financial resources, It's probably not the biggest story. So based on the combination of those things, I didn't run with the story when I heard it. And again, I couldn't confirm it myself either. That said, that story was not public knowledge Friday morning. And when the report started coming out that LeBron was at Kinkade, not just in Houston, allegedly at private schools, but the same school that I had heard that Chris had enrolled his kids in, and again... Chris is a godparent to LeBron's children, just like LeBron is a godparent to Chris's children. Those two are incredibly close. We heard from Mark Stein in the New York Times in his article a week ago, previewing LeBron's offseason, saying fixate on Chris Paul and that relationship. That became very, very interesting to me. It was so interesting to me that I actually went over to Kincaid midday Friday when the rumors were out that LeBron was there. Kincaid's less than 10 minutes from where I live, so it was a pretty easy drive, Unfortunately, I did not get in because Kincaid is private, I couldn't get past the security booth, and as explained later, it wouldn't have mattered because they were doing a hard denial no matter what. So I could not confirm that LeBron was there, and even if he was, at this point I've been told enough by enough sources I think he was, I don't think it proves anything other than that Houston is viable. I certainly don't think it shows that Houston is his choice, and even if, again, Houston is his choice, then I think, secondly, you've got to convince his family to go along with it, and then you have to get Cleveland to play ball in a sign-and-trade. But there have been enough sightings, we're talking about multiple schools, sources all over the place, we even had a coach for a team uh, just outside of Houston in Cyprus who tweeted on Saturday, it ended up being deleted later, that LeBron had stopped by, and this is a very credible coach for one of the area's best basketball programs. The idea that there's some organized conspiracy and that all of these people are lying or mistaken, that's a little silly. I think it's pretty obvious to understand why there are no photos, because especially if these are private visits, then you're pretty much going against uh, the basic rule of operation. And with no kids on campus this time of year, then any leak, even anonymously through a media member of a photo or something along those lines, would be pretty easy to trace back and the administrators at wherever uh, LeBron organized the visit would not be pretty happy uh, with the person doing the leak. So that's why, in my opinion, you don't have the smoking gun, but I've had enough people tell me off the record, and then combining it with the intel I was told about Chris Paul a week ago, that I think there's some smoke to this. I do think he's been here a few days. I think he's scoping out his options, and ultimately, that's good, because with a week that's been focused rumors around... The Lakers, the Sixers, destinations that are not the Rockets, it's good to have some positive press, some buzz about the Rockets and LeBron James, the marquee free agent of this summer, and probably the greatest player in the history of the game. Because everybody would like him to be in Houston, the question is whether he sees it as a fit. I do think he sees it as viable. I do think the Rockets are in the running. Will they be able to close the deal? That's what we'll find out over the next 12 days. By the way, before we wrap up the podcast, one final note. I mentioned this in the Kawhi Leonard segment, but it kind of ties into LeBron James as well. We've done some recent shows on what happens if the likes of LeBron James and Paul George, the top two free agents, tell the Rockets no. And I've mentioned in the past, keep an eye on 2019 free agents or other trade targets because the Rockets aren't looking to go under the salary cap and deconstruct the team to get the requisite cap room. They're looking to add on. If Kawhi Leonard gets dealt out of San Antonio, LaMarcus Aldridge is another guy I could see the Rockets having some interest in. They did pursue him when he was a free agent a couple of years ago before he signed in San Antonio. And if the Spurs deal Kawhi, I think that would effectively be admitting that it's a bit of a rebuilding project. I'm not sure how much a 33-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge fits, and I'm not sure how many teams are on the league that a 33-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge would make sense for. So while I don't think the Rockets are a preferred partner for the Spurs, at the same time, I don't think they'd have that many options for LaMarcus Aldridge, and I don't think the Spurs trading Aldridge to the Rockets is anywhere near the uh, franchise-altering thing that trading Kawhi Leonard would be. Now, I don't think Aldridge would be at the front of the line for the Rockets. I think certainly LeBron James and Paul George are, but in terms of possibilities, if those big-ticket guys say no, well, if the Spurs trade away Kawhi Leonard, I'm not sure how much a 33-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge makes sense there, or for most other teams around the league. We do know the Rockets have had interest in him in the past, so that's just another name I would say keep in the back of your mind for later this summer if Plan A and Plan B, the likes of LeBron James and Paul George, don't work out for whatever reason. Anyway, I think that's enough rumor talk for one show. As always, thanks to you guys, our loyal listeners, for tuning in. you want more content in the interim, best place is Twitter. I'm on there at Ben Dubose. Show is on there at Lockdown Rockets. Also, don't forget email address, rockets at gmail.com. Website, lockdownrockets.com. Facebook account at facebook.com slash lockdownrockets. Always, you can access our content. Ask me questions about the team, make suggestions for the show, inquire about becoming a potential advertiser. Again, email, website, social media accounts. Would absolutely love to hear from you. We want to make this show the best that we can for you, the Die Hard Rockets fan community. And if you're not already subscribed to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Megaphone, wherever you listen to your podcast, please do. That's how you'll get our episodes right when they come out. And in this era of breaking news, which I think we're going to be in that environment for at least a couple of weeks now, uh, if you want reaction immediately after something happens involving the Rockets, then subscribing to us. That's the best way that you will get an alert right when our episodes come out. And also, if you have not already left us a five-star review on your platform of choice, please do, because that's how we're able to remain financially viable to advertisers and make the business model work as the most regular podcast covering the Houston Rockets. So again, thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be chatting again very soon right here at Locked on Rockets, your home for podcast coverage of Houston Rockets basketball.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.